You're listening to the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCurry, your host, and I'm also the team leader for Adult Explore the Bible. Today, I'm being joined by another member of the team, Mike Livingston. He's one of the editors on the Adult Explore the Bible team, and we're going to be looking at session 12. We'll be looking at Luke 24, verses 18 through 31. So, Mike, thank you for joining us today, for being a part of the podcast. You're welcome. In Luke 24, 18 through 31, we find a conversation between Jesus and two disciples, but they didn't know it was Jesus they were having a conversation with. In verses 18 through 24, these two disciples are walking and they engage in this conversation with Jesus, once again, not knowing it was him. And they tell him about the death, burial, and the empty tomb as reported by the women and others who saw the empty tomb. These particular verses in the outline, we've entitled Questions. The main point that we're focusing on here is that all people should be encouraged to discover the truth about Jesus. In verses 25 through 27, we've entitled these verses, Answers. Because here's what happens. Jesus remained unidentified, but he rebukes the two travelers for their failure to recognize the teachings of the prophets about the Messiah. Jesus then explained to them from the scriptures about himself. The main point here is that God reveals his truth through his word. In verses 28 through 31, we find Jesus and these two people, these two disciples, arriving in a village. The two men encouraged Jesus to remain with them. Then Jesus took, blessed, and served bread. When that happened, the two disciples immediately recognized this was Jesus. And at that point, Jesus disappeared from their sight. Our outline, we've entitled this section, verses 28 through 31, Recognized. And the main point here is that the Holy Spirit helps people understand the truth about Jesus. So let me just walk through those outline points again. First of all, in verses 18 through 24, questions. Verses 25 through 27, answers. And verses 28 through 31, recognized. Mike, let's think about these two followers, first of all. What do we know about these two followers? Not much, beyond, to be honest, we don't know much about them other than what Luke tells us. I mean, that's it's really what we know about them. One was named Cleopas, and the other one goes unnamed. We don't even know the name of the, of the other one. We, we think maybe, maybe we can speculate they lived in Emmaus since they invited Jesus to spend the evening with them there, that we, we you know, speculate well, they, that's where their home was. We, we do know that they were part of the larger group of disciples when Mary and the other women reported to them the empty tomb, that, that they were there, that these two disciples were there and heard that, that report. Uh, Luke 24, 9, you know, it tells us the women came, you know, came from the tomb and they reported all these things to the 11 and to the rest of them. So these two followers, they, they were followers of Jesus who had heard uh, the women report about the empty tomb. So uh, they, they, these two were uh, a part of that uh, close-knit group of Jesus' followers who were allowed to be in the place where the, where the disciples were hiding out after the crucifixion. Now, some have suggested that Cleopas was uh, the Clopas mentioned in John 19.25. There's a, there's a Clopas or, the, or Mary, the wife of Clopas. Uh-huh. And, and some have suggested well, this, that's who Cleopas was Clopas. 
Um, and, and it sounds possible because the names are, are very similar, but others say, well, no, because Cleopas is a shortened form of a Greek name, uh, Cleopatros. It's the masculine form of Cleopatria, Cleopatra. Um, but, but Clopas was a Hebrew Aramic name. So, you know, may, maybe they, maybe not. Maybe they're not the same people. Um, others think maybe Clopas is the Greek transliteration of Alpheus, who is the father of James, one of the disciples, James, um, James the Lesser, who, whose mother was uh, also at the cross. But that, you know, that's, that's speculation. In other words, we don't know a whole lot about them, except that they were part of a, a larger group of followers of Jesus. We do see in this passage the Holy Spirit and his work involved here in, in helping people understand what role does the Holy Spirit play in our salvation? Yeah, it plays a, a definite role. Um, if I can just quote uh, from, from a Baptist faith and message, there's a good statement uh, there uh, about this, the, the Spirit's role in salvation says he, the Spirit enables men to understand truth. He exalts Christ. He convicts of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. He calls men to the Savior, and he affects regeneration. I mean, so that's, uh, that's saying a whole lot right, right there. Uh, it, it's saying that the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts us of, of our sin uh, and our need. Uh, John 16, 8, uh, 8 through 11, you know, Jesus talked about how when the Spirit comes, he'll convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And that's what you see happening at Pentecost, even when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2.37, when the people heard uh, the Gospels, as they were pierced to the heart and said, what, what should we do? And that's, that's the Holy Spirit taking the word, the Gospel preached, and, and convicting their hearts uh, with, with the word of the Gospel. So, you know, the Holy, the Holy Spirit opens our eyes. He opens our hearts to the truth. He makes people realize their sinful condition. He, he helps them understand the truth about Jesus. He draws them to Jesus. God calls people to Christ through, through two means. Um, the, there's the external witness of Scripture and, and, you know, the gospel presentation. And then there's the internal witness of the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit's internal witness that makes the, the words of Scripture or the gospel presentation effective. So definitely the Holy Spirit has a key role in, in our salvation. You see this phrase, blinded. Uh, they, they couldn't, they didn't even know it was Jesus. Do we have other references that can help us explain this to our group? Yeah, you know, um, it says, it says in one verse in Luke 24, 16, they were prevented from recognizing him. And then later in verse 31, that their eyes were opened and they, and they recognized him. And that reminds us of some other places in scripture, right? When people were not able to see spiritual things, until God opened their eyes. It's kind of like what I was saying, you know, a moment ago about, you know, the work of the Holy Spirit is to open, to open our eyes uh, to, to spiritual truth, to God's truth. And, you know, a couple of passages in the Old Testament come to mind where you see uh, this kind of thing happening. Balaam is one. In, in Numbers 22, uh, the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the path with a drawn sword in his hand. Uh, so, you know, Balaam did not see um, the spiritual reality before him until God opened his eyes to see it. And then another um, example uh, is Elisha's servant in 2 Kings 6, 17, when Elisha prayed and prayed, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. 
And you remember, you know, the Lord opened the servant's eyes and what he saw, he saw the mountain covered with horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. You know, so there's, there's examples of how people in scripture were, were not able to see spiritual realities and spiritual truth until God opened their eyes. The witness of the scripture is that spiritual truth can't be perceived naturally. Spiritual truth is perceived only when God opens our spiritual eyes. Paul talked about how Satan wants to blind our eyes. And the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, talks about how the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ. You know, Paul said right there that the gospel is the light. The gospel is the light that opens people's eyes to the glory of God. You know, Satan would want to blind our eyes to the gospel, but it's God's, it's God's desire to open our eyes, to see, to see the truth of the gospel. And God will open the eyes of those who want to know spiritual truth. God will open their eyes and, and allow them to see it. In this text, we see Jesus sharing with these disciples from the scriptures about himself. Why is it important for us to use the Bible when telling someone about Jesus? I'll give you three reasons why it's important. Um, three, three key words. Inspired is the first one. Because the Bible is the inspired record of what God did for our salvation. It's the inspired word of God. And in 2 Timothy 3.15, Paul said to, to Timothy, From infancy you have known the sacred scriptures which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. It was the scripture that led Timothy to the knowledge of the truth. It was, it was scripture that God used to lead Timothy to salvation. Scripture is the inspired record of what God did for our salvation. It's, that's, that's one. I mean, that's, that's number one. And, and then secondly, it's authoritative. In other words, when, when we say what the Bible says, we can speak with authority. But when we go beyond what the Bible says, even though we may be giving good advice, when we go beyond what the Bible says, we're, we're speaking in our own authority. So anything of eternal significance that results from our gospel conversations with people, anything, any, any substantive life change that happens, happens because of the authoritative power of God's word and not the cleverness of our words or the cleverness of our rhetoric. It's the word of God that does the work of transformation. So it's, it's the inspired record of what God did for our salvation. It's the authoritative word, and it's, it's God's powerful word. God, God works through his word. Um, Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is living, effective. Uh, it, it penetrates hearts. James 1.18, God gave us birth by the word of truth. Well, God gives new birth by means of the word of truth. Uh, Peter said the same thing, 1 Peter 1.23, you've been born again through the living and enduring word of God. Brings about, God brings about new birth by means of the living and enduring word of God. The, the word of God does the work of God uh, through the spirit of God, I've, I've heard said often. The word of God does the work of God through the spirit of God. The three things that you just noted were, number one, it's inspired, uh, Timothy 3.15, it's authoritative, and God works through it, uh, Hebrews 4, 10, uh, 12, excuse me, and 1 Peter 1, 23. Yeah, and James 1, 18. And James yeah. 1, 18. I missed yeah. James 1, 18. Yeah, so it's, it's important that we use Scripture for those three reasons, because 
uh, inspiration, uh, authority, and, and power. It's, it's an inspired word. It's God's authoritative word. It's God's powerful word. God's powerful word. Are there any other key thoughts or ideas you would share about Luke 24 verses 18 through 30? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, just, I, I'm looking forward to teaching this, uh, this lesson this week, and, and I hope uh, that you who are listening uh, are as well. One pack item that I want to call to you, everybody's attention before we conclude this time is pack item 12. It is a list of Jesus' post-resurrection appearances. Obviously, this is one of those appearances. There are 10 different appearances identified on the chart. Some are from Matthew, some from Mark, Luke, John, and then there's other New Testament uh, scriptures that are noted. First Corinthians uh, tells about a couple of them. Acts tells uh, about them as well. Um, but these, these are the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus that are identified in Scripture. One of the things we would want to do with this is show this to our group, make a photocopy of it, show it to them, then note the uh, conversation uh, where, uh, between these two people and on the road to Emmaus. Note that it's included in this list and how these appearances give support to the idea that Jesus was resurrected because you have a lot of people who viewed him after his resurrection, uh, when the Gospels were written, they were still alive. So anybody could have asked them, tell us about that experience, and they would have been there. We want to thank you for joining us again today. Before we go, let me just share with you about Extra. In Extra, we identify a current news event and describe a way of using that news event to introduce and conclude the group time. The file is free, and it works with the group plans in the Adult Leader Guide, and the leader helps in the Adult Daily Discipleship Guide. These ideas are posted 10 days prior to the suggested use date, and you can find them by typing this address into your web browser. GoExploreTheBible.com forward slash leader extras. That's GoExploreTheBible.com forward slash leader extras. Mike, thank you for being with us today. Thank we you. want to thank you for listening to us today. We hope you'll join us next week. Tell other teachers to join as well. We'll be looking at session 13. We're looking at Luke 24, verses 36 through 49, where Jesus commissions his followers to proclaim.